there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is follow the money with mitch moss and polly howard on vsin VEASAN has a new podcast to help you bet college hoops. VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. Each week, Tim Murray, Matt Humans, Adam Burke give you three episodes breaking down games, props, and examining the future markets. Check out the College Basketball Betting Podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right. It's a huge UFC card coming up this weekend, as always, when John Jones is on the main event, and Jordan Sherwood does a great job covering this sport, breaking down fights, betting on the action as well. He hosts the unnamed MMA pod for ESPN Chicago. Jordan, good to talk to you again. How are you? Likely, guys. Mitch, Paul, been a while, but uh, always good to talk to you, and obviously a significant card on Saturday night, so excited to break it down. No doubt. So, okay, Jones opened up as an underdog against Cyril Gaon on Saturday night. Uh, now Jones is in that minus 160, 165 favorite neighborhood. Uh, first of all, how did he open up the dog? And then what do you make of the number right now? Do you think there's still value on him? Where do you think that number closes? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised that he opened up as the underdog. He's moving up to a new weight class. He hasn't fought in two and a half years. Don't, people don't know what he's going to look like. And Cyril God is no joke. You know, he's a former interim champion and a unique heavyweight, I think stylistically kind of similar to John Jones. He's not one of those lumbering, bigger heavyweights. He's very fluid with his striking, very good on the ground, and, and, and came in with a lot of hype and notoriety to the UFC. But people got smart. They realized we're talking about John Jones, the greatest that we've ever seen, despite the time off, despite the, the difference in weight class. We knew he was eventually going to make this jump. You know, he comes from a lineage of big guys, two brothers that played in the NFL, so it's likely he could put on the weight. Um, so I like where it is right now. I think you can make arguments either way for value on each fighter because John Jones has never been this light of a favorite. But Cyril God is a bad matchup for him 
to test the waters at heavyweight, as I alluded to, because of just the similarities uh, in, in striking, and, and he's got good cardio, he's got decent takedown defense, and, and, and really John Jones is going to have to revert back to his junior college wrestling days maybe to win this fight, get this fight to the ground, and try and control Cyril Gahn uh, there for, for those five rounds. And the layoff, is, is does it bother you? I mean, this is it's wild with the handicap, right? Because essentially he's undefeated. The loss was a yeah. legal elbow, so he should be 26-27-0. But how, how big of a deal is the long layoff, in your opinion? Yeah, it, it certainly bothers him for sure. Uh, you know, even though we knew eventually probably he was going to make this jump, but it took so much time. Uh, how does his body respond to the additional weight? You know, what's he going to be like weigh-ins? What's he going to be like fight night? How much is he going to weigh? Uh, so that's why I think it also in, into the handicap. I do have Jones in pocket. I grabbed him early when he was a, a significant underdog. But right now I might hedge and say, hey, look, God is the heavy as, as the underdog as well. Might be worth a look. But if my advice, it's John Jones. He's the greatest we've ever seen. He's likely to be able to make the adjustments. So at a dollar seventy, dollar sixty five, I think he's worth the investment still. Okay. So on the undercard, then I know Shevchenko is a massive favorite. We're talking minus eight sixty territory here at Circa, minus eight dollars at DraftKings. Uh, what is your approach to betting this? And I will ask you if you put the odds to the side for a second here, right? Throw them out. Um, would this be a bigger upset if she were to lose than when Holly Holm defeated Ronda Rousey? Uh, it would. It would be a bigger upset because those smart knew that Holly Holm was a significant challenge to Ronda Rousey, and the odds actually reflected that. They were lighter when they uh, they were compared to th- th- this particular fight. And Shevchenko was such a dominating champion. She got humbled her last fight against Talia Santos, a split decision win. Many argue she should have lost that fight. She sh- took some time off. I think we're going to see a revert back to a dominating champion in Shevchenko. Alexa Gross is a good fighter, good boxing Decent takedown defense, but I think Shevchenko, excuse me, is going to overwhelm her with her fluidity, with her striking, and get this fight to the ground and get her out of there. So I, even though yes, Shevchenko should win the fight, you don't want to do anything with the money line. I like the total under three and a half. I think there's value there to dollar fifty, dollar forty-five, and Shevchenko, uh, you know, inside the distance is is certainly a play, and probably via submission if you want to get creative with a prop. I think she could tap Alexa Grasso. Shevchenko's got big fights in her future, and she needs to go out there mm-hmm. and finish a challenger like Alexa Grasso to earn those opportunities, maybe a trilogy fight with Amanda Nunez. Well, maybe the last time I saw a price like this was Rousey and home, which Mitch mentioned she was 10-1. to 1. How about the picket-nickel fight? When do you see someone minus 2,000 in a UFC yeah. fight? The dog is 12-1. to 1. And, 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 Paulie, this guy's making his UFC debut. Like, yes, he's a Dana Wade Contender Series uh, alum, but... This is his UFC debut. It speaks to what the UFC believes he can do. Pay-per-view opener on John Jones's return. Jamie Pickett uh, succumbs to takedowns all the time. Bo Nickel. This is a squash match. This is the old WWF squash match. King Kong Bunny versus some jobber from New York. <laughs> but, like, look, Bo Nickel should win this fight knife through butter. So I, you got to get creative because minus 2,200, not worth it. So Bo Nickel, round one via submission. He's going to get a quick takedown and get Jamie Pickett out of there. I mean, this is a guy that's talking about fighting Hamzat Shemaev in, in like a year or two. And they've already handicapped that fight in, in a couple of uh, sports books. So Bo Nichols should win this fight. And it's like $1.05, $1.10 if you want to add those two elements to it. So Bo Nickel, round one via submission, 
is my play for that fight. Another huge favorite, Rachmanov, uh, $5. So what do you want to do here? Do you want to go inside the distance as you get an early stoppage? I do. I do believe that. Look, 16 wins, 16 stoppages, 8 sub, 8 TKO. This guy, I think, is a future champion in the welterweight division. Jeff Neal is a good fighter. He's a significant step up in competition for Rachmanov, but I think Rachmanov is special, uh, equal opportunist. So I think just inside the distance, he's going to get Jeff Neal out of there. Jeff Neal struggled uh, with Neil Magny, the last guy that Rachmanov handled uh, you know, inside the distance uh, in, his, uh, in, in the octagon. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Jordan Sherwood's our guest, host of the unnamed MMA pod for ESPN Chicago. If you would have told me, like during the pandemic, that Cody Garbrandt in three years would be on the prelims, I would have said, How much do you want to bet? Because I'll, but I, I understand also that this sport changes overnight. Uh, do you think he actually, does he lose his fight on Saturday night? There, there's, yeah, J- uh, Trevin Jones is one of the dogs that I'm looking at on Saturday night just because of who Cardi- Cody Garbrandt now is. One and four in his last five fights. His chin is completely gone. Mm-hmm. He's tried to revert back to his old wrestling days, which is good. It's not great. And Trevin Jones carries power from round one to round three. He's a big bantamweight. Uh, he's got decent takedown defense. And I just think Cody Garbrandt, when he gets frustrated, when he's not being able to find the element of success, he gets in the firefights, and he does that against Trevin Jones. Uh, his lights are going to go out once again, uh, you know, and, and he's floated back, fly away to Bantamweight. I, I certainly believe there's Trevin Jones' value as a dog just because Cody Garbrandt is a shell of, of the former champion, uh, you know, that we saw beat Dominic Cruz those years mm-hmm. ago. So are we talking about Jones then just to win it, or do you want to get creative again by maybe like a, a KO slash TKO? Well, I don't think he's going to win a three-round decision against Cody Garbrandt. This goes to the judges' scorecards. I think Garbrandt's going to have it locked up. So, yeah, I think you got to, you know, you know, add a little bit to that. Trevor Jones is going to knock him out probably a little bit more value on that because I think if Garbrandt's successful, it's not going to be via striking. It's because mm-hmm. he gets Jones to the ground and controls him via wrestling. Are there any dogs you like in the prelims or, or a dog peer, another dog you like on the card? Uh, you know what? I, honestly, Polly, I think all four – Prelim underdogs, so the, the middle portion of the card are worth a look. So that's Derek Brunson against Dreykus Duplessis. Brunson's always been kind of cashing as a dog, even though he lost his last time out. Duplessis didn't press in his le- latest victory over Darren Till. Um, I think Viviana Arujo is going to have too much power to, for Amanda Hibas to handle. She's a slight underdog. And the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez, I think he bounces back. He got knocked out by Gregory Rodriguez his last time out, but I, I faded Mark, Mark Andre Barrio for years. I'm going to do it again on Saturday night. So slight underdog, Julian Marquez. He bounces back. So all four of those guys uh, or, or ladies on the uh, prelims, I think certainly worth a look. Did you also want to take a peek at Jalen Turner as well? I do. Yeah, I do. Look, that guy's I think special. He carries some significant power. Uh, you know, five wins in a row, all by finish. Uh, Martiz Gamrot's taking this fight on short notice. He is now the favorite Gamrod is, and that's because just of how credentialed a wrestler he is, and he's a better lightweight uh, than Dan Hooker, the original opponent for Jalen Turner. And we don't really know what Turner's wrestling and grappling game look like. We don't know if he could, he could prevent the fight from going to the ground. Uh, but Gamrod struggled with Benil Dariush, who's not a close enough a striker as Turner. So I certainly believe that Jalen Turner, the tarantula, I mean, you hear this story about him, right? He had a fear of, uh, he had arachnophobia. <laughs> so he, bet, he, had a, he got a bunch of, pet tarantulas uh, to get over that fear. And now he's known as the tarantula inside the octagon. Um, 
Uh, so I think he's worth a look for sure. What's the best fight on the card, in your opinion? Oh, it's, it's Jones got. I mean, how, look, greatest of all time. How does he look in a second division uh, at heavyweight and, and thrown right to the wolves with an interim champion? So, I mean, there's so much, so much significance to that fight uh, and, and intrigue. And so I, I certainly think that one, and if not, you know, I, I think Rachmanov is special. I think he's going to be fighting for a championship very soon. So how does he do in that next level against a guy like Jeff Neal uh, has my intrigue for sure. All right, great breakdowns, my friend. As always, good talking to you. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Woodon ESPN uh, 1000, and you can catch his podcast. It's the Unnamed MMA Podcast at ESPN Chicago. Good luck on Saturday night, Jordan. All right, fellas. Good to talk to you. Yep, you same too. here. Here you go. Look at these prices, oh, right? Yeah. $5, $3, $3, $7, 2200 $5, $8.30. Man. I, I like the analysis of when you have some of these bigger favorites and what they're going to do. Like, for example, and not even, doesn't have to be a dog, but he, he talking about Gar, Garbrandt. Like, if he loses, it's going to be, that that's not going to be on the scorecards. He's going to get knocked mm-hmm. out. The chin is not there anymore for that kid. And so... The guy he's fighting is plus 150, but also the knockout's going to be, you know, something. And if you go round by round stuff as well, like you brought up with Nickel in the first round. All right. NBA reaction and look at tonight's card is coming up next. A handful of players are in question after getting their first win in a long, long time. Details here on Follow the Money, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Follow the Money on v You're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops? v experts have got you covered. Become a v Pro subscriber. Intro offer only $9.99. Every play, every host, every guest. The betting splits, deep dive betting reports, and the betting guides. 
vcin.com slash subscribe. Get it now. Get up there for $9.99. We'll get into the NBA coming up in a second. I wanted to point this out. Uh, I noticed this when we were on vacation. DraftKings, they have up a bunch of uh, awards already for the NFL season. I, I took a screen grab of this, and I sent it over to one of my buddies. Uh-huh. They opened up DeMar Hamlin plus 230 to win comeback player of the year. Is he going to play? If he does, it's Alex Smith part two. If it's he all, gets it's on all the over field, with. Right. If he gets on the field. <clears throat> so, right. it was a mutual friend of ours, Paulie. And basically, on a text thread, I'm like, what are you, we both said, what are you willing to lock up for a full year? And we came to, the, I'd lock up 10,000 easy on that. If I could get down 10,000 on plus 230 for Hamlin, I would do it without even blinking. I'd get more on it if I could. Now he's down to plus 150. He takes one snap. The award's over with. Yes. That's it. And there are some incredible players on this list for comeback player of the year. Trey Lance is on the list. Lamar Jackson. Cooper Cup. Russell Wilson. Uh, Don't laugh at Russell Wilson. Geno Smith just won the award. Mm -hmm. Stafford's on the list. Javante Williams. Brees Hall. Um, Von Miller. Kyler Murray. And Jonathan Taylor are just some of the names on that list. It's a phenomenal list. I don't care. If DeMar Hamlin takes one snap, it's, all, it's his. The award is, it's see you later. Now, that's the, the, will he take one snap, though? Will he get on the football field? I don't even, I could not believe the number when I first saw it. Plus 230 when it opened up? Here's my money. Right. Can what I else? get down, please? Anything else they put up that you liked? Oh, they got uh, MVP. They had, did yeah. I see Coach of the Year already? Wow, very good. For next year? Yeah, Dan Campbell. Well, I don't know if it was draft because I saw he was the favorite at one spot already. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the dude almost died on national TV mm-hmm. in a game that they could not complete. You think they're going to give that award to anybody else if he plays one snap next year? Well, he wasn't mm-hmm. gone. They brought him back. They brought him back. Yeah, brought him back. There was essentially, if he plays one snap, there is basically, in my opinion, a 0% chance anybody else can win the award. That's how strong I would be on DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Dan Campbell's 11-1 to to win the Coach of the Year. Eberflus at Chicago, 13-1. to I guess they win eight games, nine games. I you mean, see all the big bets. Ben Fouts has been tweeting it out here at VEASAN. All the big bets on the Bears to win the Super Bowl. Plenty of those. <laughs> oh, my God. All a right. lot of them. Uh, hey, you know, again, this was uh, what a week ago. This was minus 1,400. Uh, to make the playoffs, I don't, I'll be sure the Nets are making the playoffs. Buried again last night. Brunson goes off. Uh, boy, that's a good story, too. And then Bob Volgaris, probably the best NBA better of all time, and they just made a billion, who knows how much he made, in crypto and, and got a job with the Mavs, but didn't think, uh, didn't think it was a good move to sign him and lock him up. Didn't really like his game. And they didn't do so, and then bye bye goes to the Knicks. They got right. nothing for him. But the Brunson story. But he goes off and beats the and beats the Nets. So if you're looking at this now, and certainly the the Knicks should be the five seed. Miami and Atlanta can catch the Nets. They're going to be in a playing, and then you're going to have to maybe play a Miami and Atlanta, a Washington, a Chicago, something like that. Plus four twenty was available oh. yesterday on the no. Wow. To, to have missed the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. And to think what that was uh, last week as well. So, and the Wizards in action tonight against the Raptors. A big uh, game for the jockeying there with the, the play-in as well. Right. Big big total, 223. What do you want to do with the uh, 
Sixers Mavericks tonight. Yeah, well, I got to see who's playing. But we all know Dallas has been struggling mightily, and this total is yep. now 227 and a half. Mavericks don't play a lot of defense, obviously, and uh, no Embiid last night for the Sixers, no problem, as they walloped the Heat. Maxi was really good in that game, among others, but now they're catching three and a half tonight. Um, and it tells me that Embiid's not going to be playing again. Mm-hmm. Then you have the the back and forth and the kid calling out Luca and uh, horrible defense. Uh, did you see the Carlisle? Would you get Luca for? Did you get Luca a present for his birthday? He said, "Yeah, I brought him Halliburton," and uh, went to work and had a, had a big. But oh. you I mean you can't beat Indiana at home? Now this is this is wild, right? Now the Clippers have lost three in a row with Westbrook, and and since you get Kyrie, you've only won one game, and that was the Spurs. And they're three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight at Golden State. And the total is 232-and-a-half yep. in this game. They played a dead under against the T-Wolves. That was their first one in only three games with Westbrook. But the respect for this team, you know what I'm saying? It's it's not. It can't be. And they screwed around and did load management so much. And what they did early with Kawhi off the bench and, and splitting the minutes with George and Kawhi, that they're going to be probably the sixth seed. Yep. It's... um. Look, I mean, having strong opinions on the NBA this early in the morning is not uh, a moneymaker, in my opinion. Uh, I had a bet yesterday on the show, Orlando, plus four in the first half against Milwaukee, thinking the Bucks could sit some people, wanted a better early on, and uh, talk about that on the show. Mm-hmm. Bucks sat nobody on a back-to-back. And that was a coin flip bet that I had because the Magic were down by two with a couple of minutes to go in the first half, and they basically stopped scoring. And the Bucks eventually led by 10 at halftime. So that was a losing bet. And so, I mean, right now, I'd like to tell you, I, I, the Warriors plus three and a half looks like a good bet tonight. But I can't tell you that I'm going to bet it or advise you making a bet and saying that's a really good idea because I don't, again, we don't really know the overall status of the players in tonight's game. Mm-hmm. But at first glance today, three and a half, that feels too many for the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, if Golden State wins, then they move into the five seed and then you're getting Curry back too. Yeah, they so, announced I that mean, yesterday. Is, yeah, so this... But again, the story is all these teams are bunched up. Lakers now the 11. New Orleans, all these teams have 30, 31, 33 losses. That was a nice win for the Lakers last night. Big. Bill Big. Davis, back and to now, back. Now you got that now, too. And how long is he out? God, it can't, it's right. Can you believe that? What we're talking about Monday on the show, and everyone who covers the sport, watch out for the Lakers. It, it was really over the top, though, that even on one show, they said, who would you pick in a first-round series, the Lakers against Denver? And every person raised their hand and said, I'd want the Lakers. Which, okay, come Is on. that right? Denver's like with 29-4 and four at home, it, it, and, and they have the MVP. So, but now it's LeBron gets hurt, AD gets hurt, and now you just try to tread water till LeBron comes back, or if you hope he comes back, and you get AD healthy. But still, everyone's losing around him. That's the other break that right, they catch right. too, and and what and they catch another break that it appears OKC doesn't want to get in with the SGA business as he misses another game. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, OKC now the 13th seed. I think that ship is sailing on the playoff spot for them or the play-in game. So you can I think maybe start to write them off. Blazers bad loss last night at home. But somebody had to win it. Pelicans are the 10 seed. Blazers are the 12. Yeah, yeah. But again, as you said, with all these teams so bunched up, uh, I mean, in a perfect world, who would I like to see? I mean, give me the Lakers over the T-Wolves any day of the week. But again, I don't know who's going to be healthy for the Lakers. That's the story with Anthony Davis has been his entire career. Well, I mean, imagine if Dallas, Minnesota, or both can't even make the playoffs. How about that? 
that they both in the plane and get yeah, but I, uh, well, Utah, bad loss, no doubt about it. I mean, the Spurs had lost 16 in a row, but come on, Utah won't go away either. Well, and I, New, Orleans, New Orleans been playing been playing bad ball till the uh, Ingram went off and well, they got you, the win. Well, you last watch night. what happens. <laughs> you, you watch what happens with the Pelicans, Paulie. If before the playoffs they can get all the players back, and if Zion would be on the court, that's a that's a bigger if than Anthony Davis at this point. Well, how about the luck with the Pelicans? They get Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson, two you know generational dudes who cannot stay healthy to save their lives. Um, but if that the narrative on the Pelicans around the playoffs, if they could somehow be completely healthy, it would be nauseating. And there might be something yeah. to it, but it would be like everybody's pick. Like that would be another one. If the Pelicans would somehow land the eight, get healthy, and uh, play against Denver in the first round, I bet you most people would pick the Pelicans to win the series. They'd be they'd be buying in at that time, and they would be more anti Joker and Nugget stuff, um, which could create some value actually in the betting number. Uh huh. The other thing to to follow and watch is could Sacramento do this and and, and cash that four hundred to one ticket and win the division. Three games up on Phoenix, four in the loss column. Can I can I point this out, by yeah. the way? Um, I don't know how anybody can love the Suns bench. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. And Chris Paul again. What, he made one shot? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think it's over. But that's another thing. He's injury prone. He's old. He doesn't have to I, score on this team. I know, but he just doesn't have it anymore. But it's it's but, beyond that starting five. And the starting five, I mean. Oh, there you are. There's no bench. You're right. It, that's very easy to fall in love with. But beyond that, that this team, we're not looking at depth. At, I mean, that could be a spot where if the guys on the court at the same time, the rotation's not right, the, the, the other team could go on massive runs uh, against the Suns based on who's going to be on the court for that team. That's going to have to be managed mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. I mean, I. I we said this yesterday. The Kings have plus money still to win that division. We're running out of time. Yeah. Isn't that something? There's 20 games left. Yep. They got a four-game lead in the loss column. I know. They're a dog. Yep. Up next, VEASAN host Tim Murray is going to join the program. He loves college basketball. Sometimes a dominant team will create value on teams down the board to win conference tournaments. Is that the case this year? Welcome back. We have a strong 30 minutes of college basketball coming up right now. Uh, Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And VSIN host Tim Murray joins the program now. He hosts VSIN Primetime with Sean King, the former NFL quarterback, weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, and also the college basketball betting podcast for VSIN, which you can find wherever you get your podcast. Good morning, Tim. Good to talk to you. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Yeah, it's good to be on. Yeah, you love yourself some college basketball, and who doesn't? Uh, the calendar flipped. We got a bunch of snow in Las Vegas yesterday, which was bizarre. Pool season started at the same time, so we're kind of <laughs> living in a bizarro world. Do you do you think like uh, when you have huge favorites in in these mid majors or lower leagues, right, to win the conference tournaments, like a Liberty, like an Oral Roberts, um, like a Colgate and the Patriot? Does that create some value down the board, in your opinion, uh, on on other teams to look at? And rather than lay minus two dollars or two thirty, you look at a team at four to one or eight to one, or maybe even a little bit beyond that. 
I think it really depends on on what the tournament is. And I'll, I'll use the Patriot League, for example. You mentioned Colgate. That is a conference that does it right, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where it is a neutral site tournament. It's spread out over about a week. So it really is not really a tournament feel. It's just you play games and then you ultimately crown a champion. And Colgate, you know, ran through that conference with relative ease. And they have dominated that conference over the past couple of years. And guess what? All their games are going to be in Hamilton, New York, their home court. And I don't really see a ton of value in someone like Navy or someone further down the board because I do think Colgate is the superior team in that conference. And, you know, there are some shops, including DraftKings, that allows you to parlay some of these conference futures. And look, I'm not a big parlay subscriber. Um, However, I do think there are circumstances where you can take a Colgate and put them with a Liberty and you're at like plus 108 at DraftKings. And uh, we had Jim Root from uh, the Three Man Weave on my show last night, and that was a play that he highly recommended. On the other side where you mentioned, you know, is there value down the board? I do think a conference like the Horizon League is one that usually is a conference that has some upsets in its history. Mm-hmm. And is, this is a conference that will have its quarterfinals tonight on neutral on home floors, excuse me. And then they go to Indianapolis for two games in two, two days. So that's where things can get kind of wonky. And, you know, Youngstown State is the favorite in that conference. Um, I don't believe they've ever, as a school, gone to the NCAA tournament. So I, I think there's a, a little value of getting a little a little unique, a little, uh, a little risky, taking a shot or two. So I think it's conference by conference. Um, you know, you look at a conference like the Ohio Valley where, you know, Belmont used to run that conference. Murray State was in that conference. Both those teams are now in the Missouri Valley. So I don't think there's I, I don't think there's value in the favorite necessarily there. So it's a case by case basis. Um, and uh, I think there are different you know situations uh, where you can look a little further down the board and, and you know, maybe you can get a, a long shot into the championship game and and you're sitting there with a great hedge opportunity. Who, who do you think the best mid-major team is and that could win a couple games in the tournament? Yeah, it's a great question, Paulie, and I think there's a, a couple teams. I mean, it depends on how you define mid-major. Sure. I think we're at the point, right, where we don't define Gonzaga or St. Mary's really as mid-majors anymore. I mean, Gonzaga certainly not, and St. Mary's is a team that, um, you know, the metrics love them. I'm not as high on St. Mary's maybe as some just because of their offensive deficiencies, but if you're talking true mid-majors, teams that we've seen in the past that that could make that sweet 16 run, uh, a team like Florida Atlantic is, is assuming they can win their conference tournament is a team that, you know, could be looking in that 10-11 range uh, as a seed there. So that's certainly a team to to keep an eye on. Um, you know, the Mountain West, I wouldn't consider a mid-major conference considering, you know, based off of Ken Palm, they're actually a better conference uh, numbers-wise than the ACC this year. So in true mid-major fashion, a team that I, I think it really has an opportunity to to make some noise. And remember, they made some noise two years ago as a 15 seed making a run to the Sweet 16 is Oral Roberts. Uh, Max Aismas is still on that team, believe it or not. And he's one of the more elite scorers in the country. Uh, this is a team that went 18-0 in the Summit League. Uh, they've got a challenge ahead of them. They have to go to the, the Pentagon up in South Dakota and win three games in four days. But they have won 18 straight games in that conference. 
They are minus 190 at DraftKings to uh, to run the table there. And this is a team that, you know, when I'm looking at mid-majors guys and teams that can make a run, I want them to excel at something. You know, whether it be are they just locked down defensively? Can they can they get hot offensively? And that's what Oral Roberts can do. 23rd in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. 7th in the country in effective field goal percentage. 26th in the country in three-point percentage. So I think Oral Roberts is a team that, you know, sitting on a 12 line. Let's say they play a, I mean, let's say they play like a St. Mary's or a Virginia in the first round. Teams that are more, you know, defensive centric. That could be really tricky matchup. So, you know, Oral Roberts is a team that I'm, I'm really high on. And then, you know, Liberty also, a team that okay. uh, could make a run. A couple of years ago, they won a game in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. So those are certainly a couple of the the mid-majors uh, that I like. And, you know, lastly, you know, Colgate, a team that last year uh, covered against Wisconsin, didn't win. Uh, another team, they can shoot the ball incredibly well and, and as we all know, in you know these one-and-done situations, you get a team that gets hot at the right time. And Colgate, guys, is the number one three-point shooting team in the country at 40.7%. So you put them in a one-and-done situation, you get hot in the right building, and Colgate could certainly pull an upset probably in that 14 line there uh, for the Raiders out of the Patriot League. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned it earlier, what was the response to your tweet, which I really liked with Oral Roberts? Because you mentioned Colgate gets the title game at home. It's like, can I, we just played for three months. For what? For seeding? Because I go undefeated in conference play, and I have to win three games on a neutral. I don't get one advantage if I'm Oral Roberts in the Summit League. It's lunacy. For the most part, Paulie, people agreed, but you did get the the handful of people saying, well, you know, if you can't win three games in four days, you don't deserve to be in the tournament. I'm like, well, what's the point of playing basketball for three months? And and here's Correct. the ironic part, right? It's all everything's about the almighty dollar. And that's why you see these conferences go to these neutral sites. I would love to see the breakdown between the money that these conferences make for you know, playing their conference tournament at a neutral site arena and the money that they make for a team winning multiple games mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. Because remember, yes. conferences get an extra check per win in the NCAA tournament. So if Oral Roberts makes another magical run, the conference really benefits from that. And I, I've just never fully understood why conferences – like the Summit League or the MEAC or the SWAC or, you know, whatever, don't rig the field for their best teams. Take, in, take the West Coast Conference, for instance, that tournament starts tonight here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. It is incredibly rigged for the top two teams in Gonzaga, St. Mary's, as it should be, because those teams proved over a stretch of two and a half months They're the best teams in the conference. So, hey, if you want to make a run as Pacific, good luck. You have to win four games in five days, and Gonzaga and St. Mary's are going to be, you know, incredibly wet, well-rested. But, yeah, the the, the one that just is mind-boggling this year is the Summit League. You know, Oral Roberts, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, has to go up to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where there's multiple teams from the Dakotas in that conference. Yeah. And you went 18 and 0. Yep. And the next best team, guys, was 13 and 5. And the fir- the the one, two, three, four, five, and six seed all had the same path 
three games, four days, and it's not even reseeded. Like that is just mind boggling that you think that is a fair way to go about your tournament. You know what it is? It's the uh, the new pitch clock in Major League Baseball, <laughs> it, 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 right? Because people don't like change. And if the pitch clock had been in baseball since the 1800s, people would have no idea what it's like not to have it. And if we never had tournaments in college basketball, people would have no idea about this theory that you have to win three games in three days. That's how silly it is. Well, and it's, you know, it's, I, I love tournaments. And and for these conferences to be on ESPN, ESPN2, whatever it may be, it's it's awesome. It's it's great to highlight these conferences. But I've always said, you know, I I really don't like watching these conferences in, in barren arenas. Put them on a home floor. Sure. like. When we watch the Patriot League Championship at Colgate or wherever it may be, it's always a great environment. The NEC. Guys, there's only four conferences right now in college basketball that have their champion crowned on a home floor. Four. That's it. Yeah, that's not a big enough number. And mm-hmm. I, I need to clarify. I do love the tournaments as well, but the meaning yeah. behind them is just it's too significant. And you need to reward the regular season winners in these smaller leagues like we've talked about for the last five minutes. Tim Murray, our guest here, VEASAN host. Uh, we'll come back with one more segment from him, talk about betting futures at this point of the season, and there's a team, we'll call it a must-win game, but you can make mistakes by betting teams in that position. We'll ask him about it coming up next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare A lot of picks earlier from Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finnecaro on the show tomorrow, UFC 285 this week. Jones is back. Head over to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Check out the big names on the card with Parlay Insurance. Download the app. 
great house specials and menu. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers. We continue talking college basketball with Tim Murray, host of uh, VSIN Prime Time with former NFL quarterback Sean King. Weeknights, 6 Eastern, uh, 3 Pacific, and also the host of the College Basketball Betting Podcast. Adam Burke's in there. Matt Humans joins him as well. Uh, I think you guys have a new pod coming out today, yeah? Yep, yep. Later today, we'll we'll hit record. Very cool. So as we talked about before the break, it's a mistake a lot of times to bet. You know, must-win games doesn't mean must-bet, obviously. And tonight, I think you can argue that this might be a must-win for both these teams, right? Purdue, a one seed as of now, but the softest one seed. And if they would lose tonight and UCLA was impressive, I don't know, maybe UCLA would leap them into the one spot. But also, when you look at Wisconsin, Tim, Lenardi currently has them as the last team in and they are projected in that 11 or 12 range. And you think a win tonight would be so big for that team. At home, Cole Center, tough spot to play. Purdue currently laying four and a half. What do you make of the number? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that situation, too, where Purdue, if, if this team was just kind of rolling as crazy as this sounds, guys, I'd be much more inclined to look at Wisconsin here because, you know, you, you can't fake desperation. And Wisconsin, as you alluded to, Mitch, is absolutely desperate here. Um, you know, the loss on Sunday in the fashion that they did and, uh, you know, pour one out to anyone who had Wisconsin plus the points on Sunday because that was brutal going to overtime in the fashion with Hunter Dickinson hitting that, you know, buzzer beater to force overtime for the Wolverines. So uh, I haven't hit, got to the window yet, uh, but I'm looking at Wisconsin a little bit here. There's still a four and a half out there in the market. Um, you know, Chucky Hepburn is uh, expected to be a game time decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, you know, you could argue the Wisconsin's best player. Yep. Um, you know, for this spot, as you alluded to, they need this game. Wisconsin does. You know, the record's not great, 16 and 12. Uh, they're 8 and 10 in conference play, but they get the win tonight. They wrap up the regular season on the road at Minnesota, which is really the only layup in conference play. And then you're sitting at 18 and 12, 10 and 10 in conference. You go to a neutral site tournament in the Big Ten. Even if you lose that, it's not going to be really devastating here. So, I haven't, like I said, haven't gotten to the window yet on on Wisconsin because Purdue is another team, guys, where you're looking at them. They've dropped now four of six. Uh, they're they're on that teetering, you know, one line where you've got this surging UCLA who has got an opportunity against Arizona State tonight, then Arizona on Saturday to really try to kind of stamp a potential one bid uh, for for the Bruins. So. Purdue can't really mess around anymore uh, after, you know, losing in, I would say, a little bit of stunning fashion. I I thought Purdue, I didn't think they would cover the number. I didn't play it on Saturday night, but I threw them in a couple money line parlays. I thought they would take care of business against Indiana, and they did not. So we'll see what uh, what the Boilermakers have here. But, you know, these situational spots at this time of year, it's senior night at the Kohl Center. Usually, it's a pretty good environment. I know it's kind of been down a little bit this year, but um, you know, Big Ten home team so far this year, I believe the number is seventy-seven forty-nine and one against the spread uh, at home. So they've been a force. And you know, look at last night. Uh, everybody and their mother thought Maryland would just waltz into Columbus and take care of business, and that was not the case. As the Buckeyes, you know, took it to Maryland. So always tricky to go on the road in conference play. Um, but yeah, I think Purdue also has a, a sense of desperation why I haven't gotten the window just yet on Wisconsin. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you usually get upsets in the Horizon tournament. 
and a game you like in the horizon. Youngstown State, the one seed in the quarters, as low as plus 165 to win it. See if Davis breaks the record tonight. What do you think of the dog in this game? Yeah, you mentioned it, Paulie. Uh, Antoine Davis uh, will more than likely break Pistol Pete's NCAA scoring record. Um, whether or not there should be an asterisk by it, because he's played five years and Pistol Pete did it in three, which is just insane to think about the numbers. But uh, Antoine Davis is an elite scorer. And in in March, if I can get the team with the best player on the floor with a plus sign by them, I'm going to take a roll of the dice, you know, so that's why I took the eight with Detroit here. They've played Youngstown State, uh, Youngstown State, excuse me, twice already this year. They lost both of those games. Um, but the pressure's on the Penguins here. They've never been in the NCAA tournament. They're at home and they're the one seed in this conference tournament. And now you've got Antoine Davis, who could be a microwave coming in there, a guy averaging, you know, 30 plus points per game, shooting 42% from three. This is an elite scorer. Now, here's the thing. Detroit can't, you know, stop a nosebleed. They're 345th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So this is going to be a shootout. And if Detroit wants to win this game, pull the upset, they're going to have to put up some points here. But, you know, taking a roll of the dice with the best player on the floor with a pretty elite offense, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take those risks. And we saw it in the in the first round. Granted, Detroit was at home, but uh, Antoine Davis, I think, went for 36 against IPFW. So, you know, sometimes you see those number one seeds guys a little tight. This is a maybe unfamiliar territory for Youngstown State hosting this game and and trying to get to the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to take the eight here and hope that uh, Antoine Davis has a vintage uh, game in his fifth year and uh, drops, you know, 30, 40 points, and we can have a close one late in Youngstown tonight. Follow the money, Paulie and Mitch Vieson, the Sports Betting Network. Vieson host Tim Murray, our guest. Uh, two things on futures. Would you recommend adding anyone uh, right now? And how would you feel if you had a future ticket on Alabama? Down 17 last night. They have to win in overtime. 16-point favorite in South Carolina had to win in overtime, and they were down big at halftime against Arkansas and rallied to win as well with the distractions and everything going on and, and, and with Alabama. I'll start with the latter, Paulie. I would not feel great if I had an Alabama future. I mean, you just laid it out, right? Since everything that's come out regarding Brandon Miller and, and the gun and supplying the gun and all of that, it has been, it's been tough. Now they're 3-0. and but they are 0-3 ATS, as you as you pointed out. And, you know, going on the road to South Carolina as a 17-point favorite and needing a Herculean effort from Brandon Miller was, was kind of eye-opening there. And here's the thing, too, and I pointed this out when I was, you know, filling in with you guys, uh, for you guys last week. Brandon Miller hasn't had to talk to the media yet. When you go to the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, you got to talk to the media. It's open locker rooms. Everybody has to talk. And guess what? These questions aren't going anywhere. They're just going to amplify more. And, you know, last week, when Sports Center's leading in February with a college basketball game, something's going on, right? And that's the case. And that's the thing with Alabama. So, look, they have the talent to win a national championship. There's no doubt about it. But this cloud doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime fast. And I think just when you when you go to the NCAA tournament and you've got to answer those questions, whether it be the first round or the Sweet 16 or if they make it to the Final Four, it's just going to ratchet up more and more and more. So 
don't throw it away. Hey, we'll keep it and, and uh, you can roll with it. Uh, but yeah, I would not feel uh, feel not not feel great about Alabama. As for who to add right now, um, I think you could look at a couple teams. You don't have to go crazy, but I always want to see like you know how good is your good? Can can you prove to me that you're you're an elite team? So when I look at DraftKings board right now, and that's just the one I pulled up. You know, look around. Maybe you could find some better numbers. I think Indiana has some intrigue there at 30 to one. Um, certainly you look at Huchifino and, uh, and, and Trace, um, they, they've got a potential and of what we saw on Saturday night or yeah, Saturday night at Mackey, they can put things together and, and get rolling there. So I know some people have 50 to ones on them. Um, that would be, you know, a great spot to be in. Even at 30 to one is kind of interesting. Um, Mitch, I know you were text uh, tweeting about this. You know, Kentucky loses yesterday. Um, they're they're so all over the place. Oh, yeah. And the, the thing that worries me about Kentucky is their likely seed being a seven or eight. But I mean, this is a preseason number one team with five stars all over the place. If they put it together in a year that feels so unpredictable, could Kentucky make a run? I I wouldn't be stunned. And you look at their ticket sitting at that forty to one range. That's certainly intriguing a little bit too. So. I think the teams that you could see with the talent on their roster, can they make this, you know, magical run? That would be the way I would go. Uh, North Carolina, no thanks, though. Uh, They made the run last year. And I think ultimately, guys, what we have learned now over the past two years is that they made one magical run. And that's probably who they are. You can catch Tim Monday through Friday on VSIN primetime with former NFL quarterback Sean King. That's six Eastern, three Pacific. And also later on today, has a new college basketball betting podcast dropping. Uh, that's to look for that wherever you get your podcast. Tim, pleasure today. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate that. Fellas, anytime. Appreciate it. Great job. Great Thank job you. as well. Uh, up next, how much will yesterday's news impact Jalen Carter's draft stock and which quarterback is most likely to start for the Saints next year? There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.